0: Father God, we come before you today to worship you, take time out of our week to, uh, to just spend time with you. Yes, thank you I thank you that you are an awesome God, a yes. good, good Father, and, you, and that you love us and we love you. Thank you we invite you here today, just fill this place up with your spirit. Yes, I ask you to speak
1: to each person here today, Father, you, and each person who's watching us today. I thank you that your blessings are just
0: beyond our knowing, and I thank you that you're always working and uh, taking care of your children. I just ask now that you bless this time, bless the word and the music, in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Happy Father's Day. So today we're going to be directing some remarks to fathers, but um, just so you know, it applies to everyone. Because in the kingdom of God, there's really not male and female. God just looks at us as his children. And so the things that I share specifically today for fathers, they apply to mothers, they apply to sons and daughters, they apply to every male and female. Because it's Father's Day, I want to read this because this is I believe how fathers should be. This is Psalms 1. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree Planted by the rivers of water, that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. Whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the path of the ungodly shall perish. God wants all of us to be like that tree that's planted by the, by the waters, that brings forth fruit. Our leaves don't wither and die. The things that we do prosper, they don't fail. It's not a prosperity gospel, it's the truth of who God is. We're His children. He wants to bless us, He wants us to walk in His favor and goodness. That's not, that's not all about me, 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 it's about God saying, I want to bless you. I want you to be happy and healthy. I want you to be whole. Part of the way that happens is when we worship Him, when we express our love to Him and we honor Him, we open ourselves up for Him to speak to us and He begins to speak those words to each one of us that we need to hear. So on Father's Day, I know I've been pretty aware this week of my shortcomings as a father. And yet, God has shown me that he is redeeming and restoring. All the things i messed up, he's fixing. All the things that I didn't do right, he's overriding the, the negatives of that, and he's making it okay. And that's what God wants to say to you this morning. He wants you to grab a hold of the fact that we are all under his blessing and favor and redemption if we're walking with the lord Thank he's going to pour it out on you you're going to be like that tree planted by the rivers of water and you're going to be prosperous you're going to have fruit and you're not going to fail you're not going to be messed up you're going to be successful god has a vision and a destiny to plan for each one of us and we're going to walk in that
0: Hallelujah.
1: i proclaim that over this body today we will walk in the fullness of God's destiny.
0: Thank you, Jesus. We're not gonna fall short.
1: We're gonna press in. Uh-huh. God is gonna speak to us. God is gonna lead us and guide us and he's gonna give us his favor. He's gonna take us by the hand Thank and he's gonna you, walk us through and he's gonna drag us through when we're not interested Thank and he's gonna help Jesus. us walk through when we're too weak. Yes. And he's gonna carry us when we Thank can't you, do Jesus. it. He is gonna do it. Thank you, it's Jesus. all about his love and his mercy and his grace. So, Lord this morning, Thank you, Jesus. we choose to worship you we choose to lift up and exalt you because you alone are worthy, Lord. Yes, today we're honoring fathers, but you, Father, you, Father, are the one we really want to honor today because you yes. are the king of all and you're Hallelujah. the creator of the universe and you choose thank to you, live Jesus. in our hearts. You yes. choose to dwell right here among us. Thank so, you. Father, today we honor you. Yes. This is Father's Day. Every day is Father's Day yes. when we're a believer. Thank you,
0: thank Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. So
1: come, have your way, walk among us speak to us, touch us, heal us, deliver us, change us in your presence, Lord, and receive our worship now, in Jesus' name, amen, let's worship i not know what song we're going to end on because I just want to be worshiping. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you that you are here. I thank you, Lord, that we can celebrate you and what you've done in our lives. Lord, I want to be healed. I don't want to think of myself the way I used to be. I don't want to think of myself in the way that I failed. I don't want to think of myself in the way that I I have been disappointed or I've caused disappointment or hurt or shame in other people. I want to think of myself as you see me, Lord. You see me as your child. You see me as someone who is valuable and worthy. Worthy of your love. Thank you, Lord. I thank you that I don't have to earn your love. I thank you that I don't have to earn your approval, Lord. You pour it out on me freely. Because your love is, is so awesome, so free you just give it and keep giving it and when we do things that would disappoint earthly father I thank you lord that you keep pouring your love and mercy and grace out on us you require you require repentance and you require things from us but you never stop loving us, you don't withhold approval you don't us. We have one that accuses us and you don't accuse us or condemn us. You bring correction into our lives so that we can be in right relationship with you. Lord, I thank you for that. Thank you that you are here today, Lord, and you're speaking life over this body. You're speaking life. You're speaking life over this body right now. Lord, for those who didn't have a good earthly father I pray that you would let them see what they have in you Lord for those that had a good father then help us to honor them and help us to realize that you are even so much better than our earthly fathers Lord I pray that you give us an ability to see beyond our hurts and our disappointments see beyond the the failures and shortcomings of our moms and dads and those that we trusted. So many of us have been hurt and disappointed and yet, Lord, you want us to trust you because you are a father that won't disappoint. You're a father that, that won't reject us. We always have your love. Your love never changes. You're the same yesterday and today and forever. You never change. Your character and your nature never changes. Lord, thank you for that. Speak life into us today, Lord. As we celebrate this Father's Day, I pray that you'd cause this to be a time that we celebrate our relationship with you like never before. That we'd recognize all that we have in you, Lord. That you are a Father that will never disappoint us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that you never give up on us. You never reject us. You don't push us away. And when we do things that that should disappoint us, you overlook it because the word says love will cover a multitude of sins your great love it covers all of our sins we just confess that we fall short sometimes but we also know that we can trust you to be faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness thank you Lord for your presence this morning Lord God it is so sweet to be in your presence to know that you have chosen chosen to dwell in the hearts of men and women. You've chosen to dwell in the hearts of, of men and women who who are broken and needy. Or oh, we're not perfect. We're not we're not all fixed and right. But you are still willing to come and live in our hearts. Thank you for that.
0: Jesus.
1: Let us feel us feel that uh, that warmth of your presence, Lord that you just are wrapping us in your arms and you're embracing us you're letting us experience you as our Father, like we've never done before, Lord, that we would experience you like never before we'd see you as you are thank you, Lord, that you are speaking to each one of us those who Have a long relationship with you, Lord. I pray that today would be a meaningful day that they would see you like never before. Those who are new in their relationship with you, Lord, I pray that you would cause this to be the beginning of a new way to see the Father. A new relationship that grows deeper and deeper every step of the way. Thank you, Lord. I thank you that you are calling us, calling each one of us deeper and deeper, Lord. You're calling us to come 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 away with me is what you're saying, Lord. Come away with me. Come away with me. And let me be your friend. Let me be your God. That's who the Lord is. He says, I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. We have to choose. Choose to set aside all the things that distract us. Choose to say, Lord, I'm here. I'm coming to you. I'm, I am making it of my heart to seek you I'm making a conscious decision to seek you to set aside my flesh and my desires give you some of my time give you some of my my energy some of my finances some of, of everything of my future my hopes and dreams my family, everything that I am I give you I make an investment into you Lord and I'm, I do that because I love you and I want to be close to you so I choose to come to you, Lord. I choose to give you myself today. I choose to lay it all down and say, here am I. Jesus, we need you today. More of you. More of you. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is here, and He wants to, he wants to do something right now, I believe. If you'll, if you'll just receive. whatever, Whatever you need today, This is a perfect time because the Spirit of the Lord is here, we're in the Spirit, we're worshiping, the presence of God is here. If you have a physical need, just say, Lord, heal me right now. If you have a a financial need or or a broken relationship, maybe maybe as a father or a child, maybe you've got some brokenness there, this can be a time that you can be healed. Lord wants to heal and deliver and change us, And it all happens when we're in His presence. I'm going to give you a minute just to think about that and open yourself up to the Lord and just invite Him to come and shine His light into you and expose any area that needs to
0: be healed or restored.
1: You alone have the words of life, and we receive those words this morning, Lord. The things that You're speaking over me right now, the things that You're speaking over each person in this room, each person who's joining by a live stream, each person that might join by a podcast later, Lord. You're speaking life right now. You're speaking life. Things that are have been messed up and broken, but You're bringing redemption and restoration and healing. You're setting us free in every way, Lord. Areas where we've been bound. Addictive lifestyle behaviors, Lord. You're setting us free. Habits and patterns of our life, the way that we react, Lord. You're setting us free. No longer will we become angry when someone says something, but we'll just smile and we'll we'll be able to endure it with a smile. Lord, no longer will we react with of rejection or shame when someone says or does something to us that brings back an old hurt or memory, Lord. But you're bringing life and healing and redemption and restoration right now in Jesus' name. the Lord is real and what he's doing right now in your hearts is real if you don't feel it you don't sense it then uh, something's broken in your senses I can just tell you that because he's here and he's moving right now hallelujah thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord, thank you, Lord God well, Lord I pray that you seal this word in our hearts that you seal this time in your presence Lord. seal that work in our hearts so that we are changed forever because of this time in your presence, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated. Bless you. Guys, man, y'all do good. I'm always uh, challenged when we come to uh, a special event like Father's Day or Mother's Day, trying to make sure I I do justice to it, but uh, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to do what I feel like the Lord wants me to talk about and, uh, and I'm sure it'll be just fine. So I, I mentioned that earlier but um, we're, we're addressing this specifically to fathers but every male is a father or a future father or was a father or could be a father. You could be a spiritual father even if you never have a physical Uh, son or grandson or whatever but and and most of the things that we're going to be talking about would be applicable to men and women because they're just biblical truths so i'm going to share with you out of first john chapter two verses 12 through 14 and you see in your bulletin you've got all those notes and i'm not going to talk but about 15 minutes on each subject there so it won't take but three or four hours to get through it all now, now I'm, we're going to run through it pretty quickly. So he says, I write to you, little children, <clears throat> because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong. The word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. <clears throat> so, as an introduction, let me just say that uh, St. John, when he was writing this, he, uh, he said some things that might seem a bit odd. Uh, it's not wrong it's just sort of different and so the way that he describes writing he says I, I write to you like as if it's happening right now and I have written to you like it's already happened and it, and it probably had but the other side of that is that that expression I have written is uh, I mean, he, he has already in this very epistle he has written some of the same stuff and he's kind of repeating it Matter of fact, over and over again, uh, he says some of these same expressions. But the writing that he's talking about is uh, it is addressed to all of the church, even though he says, uh, little children and fathers and young men, he's addressing the whole church. And the, um, the way that the Hebrew folks in, uh, in that culture... The way they emphasize things and reiterate, a lot of times they would say it multiple times. That's how we memorize and learn most things, by rote. Uh, There's an expression, Isaiah 26.3, it says, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or kept on me, and he puts his trust in me. And that perfect peace, it is shalom. Shalom. And that's the way they mean perfect peace or that's the way they mean this is really good. You say the word twice. It's good, good. That's really good. Bad, bad. That's really bad. (laughs) I write, I've written, I write, I've written. That's a way of reiterating the fact that I'm putting this down for you in a way that you won't forget it, in a way that it won't be confusing to you because you can look back at it and you can read it and you can think about it and you can play it over and over again in your minds. He uses the word "little children," and in this, in the books of uh, John, First John, Second John, Third John, he he uses that expression, and he is referring to the whole body of believers, the people that he's been a part of overseeing. It was people that maybe he personally led to the Lord. Maybe it was people that have come to the Lord through the congregation that he uh, was, you know, was instrumental in starting in the first place. And so he refers to everybody as little children, but then it's really more of a um, a description of maturity than it is of age. I mean, you could take it both ways because in everybody you've got children, you've got young men, you've got older men. But but we also, as as a maturity, a description of our spiritual maturity, it's really more applicable because you think about that in everybody you've got. Uh, those who are new believers, those who have been at it for a, a long time, and those that are somewhere in between. And the thing is, we're all on this journey. And we're just we're maybe at different places along the road on our journey. That doesn't mean anybody's any better than anybody else. No one is, is uh, greater in God's eyes. We're just at different places in the journey. And, and in relation to the maturity, sometimes you may be uh, acting like little children in some areas and you may be acting like young men or young women in other areas and you may be acting like fathers and mothers in other areas so it's sort of a description of where you are in relation to your walk with the Lord at any given moment and the more mature you are the more you walk with the Lord on a consistent basis and you don't act like a little child Sometimes throw a big tantrum, or you know, I won't say stub your toe because I stub my toe even as an adult uh, hurts when you're barefooted too. I um, I have so many interesting things that happened in my life I could talk to you for hours just about all the weird things that happened to me. But what I found though is that you you can't count on anything except the faithfulness of the Lord because my ability to do things can come short my physical strength can fail me my ability to think of the right thing to say can escape me I mean I can just you know when it's done people are thinking, what did that nut just say and uh, so we have to we have to trust the Lord and we have to recognize that we fall short in our own strength now yesterday I, I've got these little pigs, little pig, little pig. I've got 18 little pigs. And I, I sold three of them yesterday morning. Well, the guy showed up, and he was 81 years old. And I went out there to help him load them. And, you know, I'm, I'm young and strong in my mind, you know, so I grabbed this pig, and well, I mean, he was... And by the time I got him over there, and then that trailer in my lower back was out of whack. And I was like... Mm,
0: yeah.
1: It just reminds me, you know, that we we don't have the ability to do everything there are some things we can do uh, i could have done that a hundred times and it might not have bothered me but for whatever reason that time it got me and that's the way it is in life there are things that we do that sometimes it just doesn't work out like we are used to seeing it work out that's why we have to rely on the lord that's why we have to know that it's only in him that we can be fulfilled it's only in him that we can be successful it's not about our abilities or our strength or our intelligence or our uh, information you know you may have great information you may have great skills but when it's all said and done if you're not relying on the lord you're going to fall short sometimes he is the one that won't disappoint and won't fall short so let's get to it little children your sins are forgiven so that's the starting point for everybody. I mean, if you're going to have a relationship with the Lord, that's where you've got to start. Because until your sins are forgiven, you're separated from the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Your sins have separated you and God. And so if you want to have a relationship with the Lord, you've got to start as a little child. You've got to come and say, I, I need you. Now, I did... Uh, I did look at a few videos. I just couldn't figure out how to get them to where we could play them. But one of them I saw, it was, uh, I need you, Daddy. And it was pretty cool because uh, they started out, these little children were saying, Daddy, I need you to show me how to work a lot and uh, not have time for my family. Uh, I need you to show me how to make my career the most important thing above everything else in my life. I need you to show me how to, you know, to do my very best so that I can be successful. And then they start saying, Daddy, I need you to show me how to trust God. I need you to show me how to rely on God. I need you to show me how to be loving and kind and gentle like God is. I need you to show me how to walk with God so that I'll be able to do that when I get older and I can teach my children how to walk with God. Little children, your sins are forgiven for His name's sake. It's all in His name. Everything that we have in the kingdom, everything that happens in the spiritual realm, it's related to the name of Jesus Christ. That's where where everything happens. It's the authority. It's in His name. You can't do it in your own name. You can't do it in your own strength. But it's in His name. And that's how your sins are forgiven. That's how you move from that part of your life, the beginning, to the next stages of your life, the next seasons of your life. It's all in his name. But we've got to start at the same place. So every one of us start out in the same place. And I've got to say, sometimes I am really grieved when I look at people's lives. And I think, you know, we all started at the same place. But now I'm looking at you and not that it's good to compare yourself but I realize that you know I'm I'm at this point in my journey and you're still back there just you know living in the crib and sucking on a bottle you know I mean you gotta you gotta grow you can't just stay an infant all the time spiritually and there is this process and if you don't if you don't engage the Lord and begin to stay in that process you're not gonna grow you're not gonna develop you're not going to mature Bill Cosby used to have you know, these little skits he'd do, and one of them I never forgot, and he'd say, you know, you don't want your kid to be 40 years old, and you say, hey, your nose is I say, okay. You know, I mean, you know, that's, you know, I mean, you, you want to grow and mature. You don't want to be a baby your whole life. Little children, your sins are forgiven for his namesake, but you got to go on to maturity. You can't stay there. It's a starting place. It's never meant to be anything more than a starting place. And then he says again, when he repeats it, he said, I've written these things to you. One of the things he says is that because you have known the Father, you can't know the Father without forgiveness. And we're all little children, but we want to move to that area where we begin to truly know the Father. They're, they're not just like a little baby. that just... Ah, ah, you know, and unintelligible sounds we want to move to maturity where we can talk to the father we can hear and understand what the father is saying we know what the father wants us to do and we can get out of the crib and begin to do things it doesn't do any good for the father to say to a three-day-old infant get out of that crib and get over here and start building the, you know the room on the back of the house you yeah. know that's not gonna happen but a, a 20 or 30 or 40 year old young man That's a whole different story. Now, you ought to be able to say, I need you to help me. I need you to get out and work with me and do this. That's what the Lord wants. He wants to work with us. He wants us to work with him. It is, we are co-laborers with him, is what the Bible says. And we are joint heirs with Christ. So we're in it together. We're not on our own, but we're not without him. It's, It's a joint effort. And we need to be cooperating with him and working with him, as well as working for him, because he wants to work with us. So then he goes on. He says, "Fathers, you have known him." That indicates a deeper and a more intimate relationship. Matter of fact, that word "known" it's "gnosko" in the Greek, and to the Hebrews, that is how they referred to sexual relationships. You know. Man knew his wife. It's that same expression. We, we need to know the Father in an intimate way. And I'm not talking about something sexual. I'm just saying we need to know the Father closely. We need to know the Father. And when we're close to Him, when we are in our time of worship, our time of being in His presence, we ought to be able to almost just get a sense of His heartbeat. Like when you're, you hold a child on your chest, and they, they'll look up and they say, I can hear your heartbeat. That's the way the Father wants to be with us. He wants us to be so close to Him that we are sensing His heartbeat. We're sensing the rhythm of His character and nature. We're beginning to see who He's all about. And then when situations come up in life, that becomes our response. That becomes our heartbeat. We become like the Father. We have the Father's heart. We sing that song. One of those verses is that, I want to know the Father's heart. It marks a knowledge of the character and the heart of the Father. We we want to know Him. If you're mature, you will know the Father way more than just the one who forgives your sins. And I don't want to just beat this to death, but the little baby in the crib, you know, I mean, it it begins to recognize that the father and the mother They're the ones that bring the bottle. They're the ones that change the diaper. They're the ones that do those things for them. But at some point, they're going to begin to know them as someone that loves them, someone that wants to spend time with them, someone that wants to help them, wants them to be successful. They begin to see more about that parent than just the diaper changer and the bottle bringer and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's... That's where you start out, but you don't want to hang out there for the rest of your life. I mean, get over it. You know, that's that's the starting place. The fathers that John is addressing here are the mature people in the body. They're the elders. They're the ones that have, uh, they've been walking with the Lord, and maybe they're not the oldest. You know, in a, in a body like ours, there may be people that are 35 years old that are more mature than some 80-year-olds. I mean, you could even have a, 12 or 15 year old that could be more mature than some 80 year olds because not everybody is growing and and, uh, maturing but we need to be so the age is not as relevant as the maturity of your walk with the Lord you've known him who is from the beginning and that's the mature understanding of God's eternal power and existence matter of fact if you read the very first verse he said, I'm writing these things to you, little children, because um, you have known him who is from the beginning. You've known, you've known him. We saw him. We touched. We handled the word of God. We know this. And he's the guy who's been around from the very beginning. That's what John said in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 1. He said, the word... Uh, was in the beginning with the God was God, and there was nothing that was created or made without him. He was with God and he was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And of his light we freely received. So he goes on and he talks all about how God is from the very beginning. We understand he's not just the guy who brings the bottle. He's not just the guy who changes our diaper But he's the guy that walks with us. He's the guy that's always been walking with us. He's the guy who was preparing for your life before you were born, as my dad used to say, before you were even a smile on your mama's face. God has planned and he has destined you to a certain thing. He has a place for you in the kingdom. He has a place that that you are supposed to fill in the kingdom. He's destined you to that and he destined you to that a long time ago way before now our our responsibility is to find out what that is and and to walk in that Begin to figure out what that is where it is and how it's supposed to happen that's a pretty good challenge sometimes because if we got we have our own desires and our own dreams and our own visions and we have uh... your you know your mom and dad they're telling you you know you need to be this you know my dad most parents are telling their kids, you ought to be this, because that's what I was. My dad said, man, don't be a concrete guy. Be anything. You know, be, you know, be a plumber, electrician, or anything. You know? But I was a concrete guy. You know, I realized this week as I was praying and thinking about things, um, and I, I read some things, you know, all kinds of stuff out there because it was Father's Day coming up, and. I realized that uh, <clears throat> I didn't, uh, I didn't always understand my dad, but I loved him, and I knew he loved me, and, but there were times that he was kind of harsh, and there were times that he was busy, you know, he, he broke some promises, he, he said, some, said and did some things that were pretty harsh, uh, hurt me in different ways. But I know he didn't do any of that with any malice. He didn't do it on purpose. He's just a, he's just a man. And I realized that I did the same things to my children. You know, I mean, not the exact same thing, but I did similar things. I hurt them in ways. I disappointed them. I broke promises. Um, we all do, because we're, we're humans, and we're not perfect. But I realized that my dad, even though he wasn't perfect, he He was loving and he he provided for us. he worked all the time. I think he was i think he was so busy working that he didn't really know how to enjoy life very much but he but he was doing it for us, you know he didn't do it because he loved working i mean i think he he liked working, but he did it for us we had a had a place at the lake and we'd go up there and five of us kids, you know, we just hit the ground running and we'd play and fish and swim and and he was planting grass, watering grass, mowing it, building rock steps and walkways and building screened-in porches and he didn't even like the water. That's, that's love. And he was tight. I mean, he was so tight, he probably had fifty cents of every dollar he ever made. Maybe more than that. Um, but, but he was willing to spend money on something that he didn't even want and he worked all the time so that we could have what, what we wanted. That's, that's the love of a father. Now, I know not everybody had a father that was, that was great. and uh, But that's part of what we're talking about today because if you were disappointed or hurt by your father or if he was not part of your life, or if he was there, but he wasn't really there, you know, whatever. I mean, everybody's got their own version of how it, how it was, and some are way worse than others. I feel incredibly blessed because my dad and mom loved me. They gave me a good home. I mean, it, you know, I could point out lots of problems and flaws along the way, but, uh, but, you know, just because I had to get whipped every now and then, it was my fault. I should have obeyed. And because i I didn't do right, I experienced some of those uh, other sides of them. They were loving and kind and gentle, but they were also harsh sometimes so if you if you didn't have a great dad or if you didn't have a dad that you really knew or were connected with, um, God can still redeem that part of your life, and he can still He can still work that out so that you can see your Heavenly Father properly because what happens is the way we see our earthly fathers is how we tend to relate to our Heavenly Father so we if you had a a uh, kind of a distant father or someone that was harsh or cruel or uncaring or they broke promises you couldn't trust them then you tend to be fearful and not able to trust your Heavenly Father you tend to think he's gonna fail you he's gonna let you down just like your earthly father did and that's a lie of the devil. That's what happens. When you, but when you experience those pains, those hurts, those wounds, then the enemy, it's like he gets a foothold there and he begins to work on you. And he begins to take those experiences that you had and, and he begins to say, okay, so this is how it's going to be in life. People are going to hurt you. People are going to lie to you. They're going to cheat you. They're going to disappoint you. And don't trust people. Don't trust them because they're going to disappoint you. And so you start buying into that. And then, you know, you you get married and you think, man, my husband's going to lie and he's going to cheat. He's going to do wrong because I can't trust him. Or your wife, you know, I know she's going to do all these things. And your children, I can't trust them. You know, my my boss, I can't trust him. He's going to do me wrong. It's just, it is something that's in you. And you don't want to be that way, but you can't help it. It's because you've got... You've got the enemy that's got a little foothold in your life, and he is just working it. And he won't quit working it until you make him leave. So at the end of the service today, we're going we're gonna to talk about that a little more. But the fathers, he says, I've written these things to you because you've known him who is from the beginning. It's always been Jesus. He's the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. That's what it's always been. Jesus, from the very beginning of time, the Father has always planned that Jesus would be the solution to our problems. We had a problem with sin, Jesus is the answer. We have a problem with uh, bondage and uh, bitterness and addictions, Jesus is the answer. You have a problem with unforgiveness and, and anger, Jesus is the answer. You have a problem with pride, rebellion, stubbornness. Jesus is the answer. He's always been the answer. And then he addresses the young men. The young men are the, are the ones that are between everybody that doesn't fall into the other two categories. And like I said earlier, it might be at different points of your life or at different, uh, in different areas of your life. Maybe you're functioning as a father or a mature believer. Other areas, maybe you're functioning like a little child. And I would just suggest to you that you need to listen to what the Father is saying. You need to open your ears and open your heart and invite him to show you what's going on in your life. Because there will be areas... There'll be areas where you're doing great. I mean, you're tearing it up, you're strong, you're young, you're vigorous, you're doing battle, you're winning the battles, you're going after it and doing all the good. And then there's other areas where you're getting your rear end kicked on a daily basis. And so, you know, in the area of bitterness, you might be a real mature believer. But in the area of pride, woo man, you are just a little baby. That's, but we have to, we have to figure that out. In the areas that you are not mature, we need to let the Lord heal us and deliver us and help us grow. So you have to learn to change the way that you think about yourself and the way that you think about your sins and your problems, your issues, and the way you think about the Father. Because if you don't think about yourself correctly, you're probably not going to change. If you don't think about your sins or your issues correctly, you're probably not going to change. If you don't think about the Father correctly, you're going to not even think he can help you change. Because you're, you might be thinking of, of your Heavenly Father as a guy up there with a big club just waiting to catch you so he can whop you. A lot of us think that way. Because some of us had dads that were like that. I mean, it felt like you were always under scrutiny. And if you messed up, You knew what was coming. And it didn't, you know, the truth is, when you have someone like that in your life, it doesn't matter how good you are because you're never going to be good enough. If someone is a nitpicker or a fault finder, you are not going to ever be good enough. But God is not a nitpicker and He's not a fault finder. That's what we need to begin to focus on is that God is not exactly like our earthly father. He is incredibly kind and good and generous and thoughtful and gentle. He's not harsh. That doesn't mean that there's not, there's not correction that comes in your life. But he's not a guy looking to beat you up. The devil's the one that wants to beat you up. He brings condemnation. The Lord brings conviction. It's, it's totally different. Conviction is, is pointing out that you need to change and pointing you to the way that you can be changed. The devil, it's all about just condemning you. You're, you're worthless. You're horrible. You're messed up. You're going to always be this way. There's no hope for you. you like this before. You're going to be like that. It's going to continue to be that way. Why do you even try? God doesn't love you. Your family doesn't love you. You're not ever going to change. It's not going to get any better. This is who you are. Just accept it. That's what Job's wife said. Why don't you just curse God and die? Man, it didn't get any better. But he, he saw beyond that lie. We need to begin to see beyond the lies of the enemy because he's, he's trying to keep you back from becoming who God wants you to be. And it's always a struggle because we hear the voices. We've always heard the voices. And I've, I mean, I, I can see it. I can see this plain as day in certain areas of my life, things that that my father or some other authority figure said to me or did, times where I was embarrassed or humiliated or whatever and i mean it it affected me. I can see it, and I can see now that some of my my real issues in life are directly related to the enemy having a foothold in my life because of those those circumstances and those events. But I don't have to let him stay there. Just because he's there, I don't I don't have to let him stay. And so my my challenge is to to recognize all those different areas, the entry points, and just begin to deal with them. You know, if I figure out this is where it happened, this is where I was wounded, someone said this thing to me, I'm gonna forgive him. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get free of that. And then the the enemy can't stay there if I don't have a place for him so to help you understand that let me just say if you if you leave your door unlocked at your home a burglar could come in he doesn't own your home but he's in your home and he's probably going to just hang around and take whatever he wants and mess up whatever he wants until you make him leave that's the way the devil is He has entry into your life through some wound or hurt or some sin or something that you did that gives it. The Bible says don't give place to the devil. So If you have unforgiveness or bitterness or you have uh, areas in your life where you you have not repented, not changed, then uh, the devil can use those as a foothold. He can kind of occupy that and influence you in that area. And you're thinking, well, no, he can't do that to me. I'm a Christian. Well, just telling you that's that's the way it works because what about all these these verses in 1st John where you know he's writing that stuff to the church and he's saying you know when you sin you have an advocate for the father and he's saying I'm writing these things to you so you won't be like the devil you'll be like the father I mean those are comments that are addressed to Churches, Jesus in the Book of Revelations to the seven churches. He said, "You better repent." He's talking to his people. He wasn't talking to the sinners out in the world. He's talking to his people in church. You better repent. So the Word of God abides in you, young men. You are strong. The Word of God abides in you, and you've overcome the wicked one. So. You're strong. That means you're active in all the struggles of life. You're going through every day with, uh, you're, you're doing battle and you're probably winning a good portion of the time. You're learning to walk in the power of the spirit and you're doing that because the word of God abides in you. That means the sword of the spirit is in your life. The sword of the spirit is the word of God and Jesus is the living word. So when Jesus abides in you, then his word is what gives you the power to do the things that you're supposed to do. That's how you do battle. It is the weapon that we wield in the battle. And technically, the Spirit is wielding it through us because it is the sword of the Spirit. It's not your sword. It's the sword of the Spirit. It resides in us because Christ is the Word and He was made flesh and He resides in us. And we've overcome the wicked one. That means that we are walking in victory through the power of the Word. Now, the wicked one is the devil and he wants to work Death and destruction. He wants to steal and lie. He wants to cheat you out of all the good things that God wants to do in your life. And if you let him, he'll do it. He is defeated, though. He is defeated. But if you let him have power, he will take authority and power in your life. It's up to you to not give him the power. So if you want to leave your door unlocked, you don't know who's going to come in. But if you lock your door... Or, if you realize that there's someone in there that shouldn't be in there, you make them leave. This is my house. You've got to go. You have the authority to do that. Jesus said, I've given you power and authority over all the power of the enemy. And he was specifically talking about demons in that section, that context. You can read it. He said, I I saw Satan fall from heaven like a bolt of lightning. And... uh, No big deal, man. I've given you power and authority over him and everything. Nothing can hurt you. But if you don't know that, or you don't believe that, or you don't operate in that, then you're going to find that you're going to get in trouble. So we overcome by our testimony, which is the word of God and the blood of the Lamb. That's how we overcome the wicked one. You don't do it in your own strength. You don't do it in your own knowledge. You do it in the power of the Spirit. The Word of God living and abiding in you and the Holy Spirit anointing everything that's going on, that's the way you overcome the wicked one. And it's because Jesus gave you the victory by His blood. The blood of the Lamb. It bought and paid for our victory. It is everything that we need, and we need to rely on that. We need to utilize the power in the blood. Okay, so worship team, you guys can come back, and now what we're going to do, I'm just going to share some things, and then we're going to pray. So we've we've all had events in our lives that impacted us, things that were good, things that were bad. You know, good things can cause a problem for you, just like bad things can. If you have a great success, you know, then all of a sudden you can get filled with pride or, or, or you know, your sense of accomplishment or you have an elevated sense of worth, you know, like, man, am I something? You, know? you might think you're all that and maybe you're not, you know, as they say nowadays. Uh, my problem wasn't that I thought I was all that. My problem was I thought I wasn't all that. Uh, either one, it's the same problem. Because you're not looking at yourself and seeing yourself the way God sees you. You're seeing yourself as either more or less. And God wants you to see yourself as he sees you. So for all the things that happened to you that caused you uh, to have a problem, you know, if your father, he disappointed you, if your father broke promises, if he, you know, he said, I'll take you, I'll take you fishing, and then, you know, Saturday morning you're all excited to jump up and let's go, and... It's like, oh, sorry, i got to work today. He's forgotten all about it. You know, and in your mind, what you hear is, you don't love me. You don't care about me. I'm not important. You don't value me. I'm insignificant. And because you begin to feel that way, then the enemy comes in and he says, so now you're worthless, you're insignificant. That's the way everybody's going to always think of you the rest of your life. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to think about experiences in your life that hurt you like that, where you had disappointments, and you had pain. <clears throat> People did things to you that hurt you. And I want you to realize how those things affect you, even today. I promise you, some of you and, and me are being affected by things that we that we experienced as a child. But you don't have to stay that way. So, I want you to stand and we're going to worship. And as we worship, I want you to just give God a chance to speak to you. And then when at the end we're going to pray. And we're going to ask the Lord to heal us of those areas that, that are being revealed to you. And here in a minute we're going to we're going to pass out some Father's Day gifts too before you leave. So let's worship. let come to your mind any, any pains or sorrowful experiences, any hurts, any wounds, people who humiliated you, disappointments you felt from someone that made a promise to you or someone that, that uh, rejected you or someone that disappointed you. I know that some of you are thinking about specific people, specific events and what I want you to do I want you to forgive. And the way we're going to forgive is we're going to say, Lord, I forgive this person, and I ask that you forgive this person for their sin against me. And then I would like for you to say, Lord, bless them. Bless them, Lord. And it would be even better in the way that you were hurt, if you were disappointed, bless them with, faithfulness. The way that you were hurt, bless them in that way so that they would be, they would be free and changed as well. So Lord, I ask that you you forgive. I forgive. I forgive that one who hurt me and I ask that you forgive them. They crushed me when they embarrassed me humiliated me and they laughed at me. They disappointed me when they broke their promise to me. But Lord, I forgive them. I want to forgive them. And I ask that you forgive them. Lord, I bless them. It doesn't matter even if they're dead. It doesn't matter. Just say it anyway. I bless them with the ability to be faithful, to be trustworthy, to be consistent. Lord, I bless them with mercy and goodness. I bless them with your kindness. I bless them with your love. Lord, I bless them with your favor. I want to think of them in a good way I don't want to think of them in a way that brings hurt and
0: pain
1: but I forgive I ask that you forgive Lord you said if we submit ourselves to you we can resist the devil and he will flee from us so I submit myself to you Lord I, I have forgiven I have confessed that I had that issue I, I acknowledged it and I've forgiven I ask that you forgive And I am submitted to you in that area of my life. And so Lord, I ask now that you heal me. Heal me that way. And I reject all the lies that the enemy has brought into my life because of that that hurt. All the things that I've thought and believed to be true, I recognize now that most of it was lies from the enemy. I've been deceived and I reject and I renounce those lies and deception. And I say no more. I take authority over you and I cast you down and I cast you out in Jesus' name. I'm not going to allow you to influence me in those areas anymore. I am breaking the cycle. And as a father and as a grandfather, I break that cycle so it won't go to my children, it won't go to my grandchildren or my great-grandchildren. I break that cycle and I say no more. That area of my life, you have no authority, no power, no control anymore. Go in Jesus' name, I am free. Thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers. Thank you, Lord, that you want to redeem and restore us. You want to change us and make us whole. You don't want us to be broken. You don't want us to be filled with guilt and shame and worthlessness. But you want us to be filled with with an attitude that we are loved. We are so loved that nothing we do or can do or could ever do can change your love for us.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Call us to
1: rise up and be the people of God that you've called us to be, Lord. That we would be the body of Christ. Filled hallelujah. with your love and your yes. life. thank you, We Jesus. serve this lost generation hallelujah. with humility thank you, and power, Lord. Yes. That everywhere we go, signs and wonders would follow your people because you, we are filled Jesus. with the Spirit. We're filled with yes. the power and the authority of the kingdom. Lord.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Operating and
1: doing business in hallelujah. your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. name is above all names. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. Thank you,
0: Jesus.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. That's the process, folks. You may have to do it a hundred times, a thousand times, and it may go on for weeks and weeks. It may go for the rest of your life. That's okay. But it's a simple process. Just find the things that are affecting you. you. Thank you, Jesus. Get free. Break the cycle. Fathers, don't let it go to your children. Don't let it go to your grandchildren. One of the things you can do to break that cycle child go back to that father and say I'm sorry I messed up I was wrong I know I hurt you I know I disappointed you I know I broke promises I know I was too busy sometimes would you forgive me because when you ask them to forgive you or you forgive them either way it works it will set you free and it will set them free as well that's the process not difficult, Jesus. but you got to do it. Hallelujah. So as we as we sing this last song and worship, if you want special prayer, I'm just going to invite you to come and uh, somebody to pray with here at the altar. I'm not trying to make a big deal. If, if you don't know Jesus, you don't have to leave here like that. You can you can find him today. Someone will talk with you, lead you in a prayer. It's not hard. You just got to do it, though. You can't. You can't ignore it, you gotta respond. deeper 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 relationship yes. he is perfect in all of his ways for oh, us and that's what he wants us to know thank see. you jesus so before we go if you're a father i've got a gift for you it's nothing special it's not a flower but i do have a pen it's got the church's name it's a great little pen you can have two or three or however many you want give them away give them to your kids if you're if your father is not here you want to take him a handful mm-hmm. of pens I got about 200 up them back there that I didn't bring them all, but uh, take the pens. That's your gift. So here's what I want to do. If you're a child and your dad is here, come get a pen and take a pen. If you're a father and you don't have children here, then I want Tony and, and Lane and different ones to take pens of the ones that don't have children here. We're honoring the men, honoring the fathers. And then young men, uh, you're not a father you can have a pen too you guys can have a pen wives can take them to your to your uh, husbands if you want to just let's just do it for the men so I'm so glad that you came today and I appreciate your efforts this morning because I know this has been a it's been a challenge as you enter into this this journey you can get free, and you can find that there is hope, there's health, there's prosperity, and it's not all doom and gloom. Amen. Amen. All right, so may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you, and may He lift up His countenance upon you and grant you His perfect peace. Yes. Go and be blessed. Have a great week, and uh, come back on Wednesday night. And bring a friend next Saturday. Don't forget the picnic. You can Come and eat, and we'll shock you and everything else all at one time. And it's a one stop, gets it all. God bless you. Have a great week.